You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 63. Today's episode looks at two different approaches to decluttering and organizing, editing versus curating. Both are great ways to get your home tidy and your life in order, but they are completely different ways to look at decluttering and organizing the exact same room or how you plan the activities on your calendar. If you've struggled to declutter your stuff or organize your home in the past, well, stick around because maybe you've just been approaching it the wrong way. Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. My name is Deanna Yates, and I am thrilled you are joining me today for a look at how to live a more vibrant life with less stuff. Through my research of creating a tidy home and a simpler life for myself and my family, I've continually come across two different concepts. The first one is that of editing one's life and your belongings. And the second way is to curate your life and the stuff that you keep. Don't worry if these both sound a little bit abstract at this moment, especially if it's your first time hearing about these terms. They were really confusing for me at first too. For a long time, it seemed to me as though they were describing the exact same thing. They both sounded like decluttering the stuff that doesn't matter to get to the stuff that does. But as I took a closer look, I discovered that they were really two completely different approaches. And for those of you who are more familiar with me, maybe you're a regular listener of this show, or you've attended one of my free webinars, or maybe you've taken my course, the Vibrant Home Academy. You probably know that I love looking at things from different angles. Sometimes you just need the same advice or the idea presented in a completely new way for it to finally click or to get you motivated. Life is not a one-size-fits-all approach, and I absolutely love that. This is why I love the idea of editing versus curating. Both have great ideas and they have the same end goal in mind, but there are different paths to get there. But before we dive in, I want to remind you that you can find all of the show notes for today and links to anything I do mention over at littlegreenbow.com forward slash 63. Again, that's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 63. There you will also find my latest free resource. It is the Tidy Home and Vibrant Life Starter Guide. It is a simple but super helpful guide that will show you four easy steps that you can take to create a home and a life where you and your family thrive. It's completely free, and it is just my way of helping you on your journey to creating a more meaningful life without suffocating under your stuff. All right, so let's hop in and figure out what we mean when we talk about editing and curating, what the end goal is, and how these approaches differ. When we look at the end goal to these strategies for decluttering and organizing, they are both about creating a life you love, both in the stuff that you own and have in your home and in the activities that you fill your life with. But how we get there can be filled with all those different journeys. To me, editing and curating, well, they're like the personality traits of being either an extrovert or an introvert. 
both are in eight. And that means that you don't really get to choose which one comes naturally. And neither one is better than the other. They both have their strengths. And while we all generally fall more to one side of the scale than the other, we probably have tendencies that cross over into the other territory. So editing versus curating the things in our lives is very similar to this concept. And I think that we've all heard about extroversion and introversion. And so we kind of understand that. And that's what I want you to understand with editing versus curating. Now, if I had to assign each one to a personality trait, well, editing is more extroverted and curating is more introverted. So at first glance, which one are you? Again, there is no right or wrong answer here. They are simply different approaches. But let's take a look at each side a bit more so that you can see if one way fits you and your lifestyle more than the other. We're gonna go ahead and start with editing. So what does it mean to edit your life? Well, editing is the act of taking away. So as the dictionary states, to edit is to remove the unnecessary or inappropriate and to alter, adapt, or refine, especially to bring about conformity to a standard or to suit a particular purpose. So with editing, you start with everything and then you remove items until you feel there is a good balance or you feel like your home is cozy and comfortable. When I think of editing, one of the first things that comes to mind, for me at least, is editing a movie. After all, they give awards for this, and editors can make or break a film. With movies, directors shoot a lot of footage, and then a professional editor comes in and cuts out the unnecessary parts to make the story flow and create a better movie in the end. With a podcast like this one, I cut out the bloopers or mistakes. I try to cut out most of the ums and those awkward pauses. I want the material that I'm discussing to shine through and not get overwhelmed by additional noise. In this sense, editing probably sounds most closely related to decluttering. It is the removal of things from a space or that whittling down. So on the opposite end of that spectrum, you're going to find curating. Now, of course, when you hear the word curating, you probably associate it most with a museum and the curation of art or artifacts on display. And this is similar to how you can think of curating relating to your own life. The definition of curate is to select, organize, and present things, typically using professional or expert knowledge. Well, aren't we all the experts in our own lives? So curating is to carefully select the items that get to stay in our homes and lives. Let's relate them back to the personality types that we're all familiar with. It turns out that extroversion and introversion are not really about how outgoing or shy we are. The differences are more about where we get our energy from. So personally, I am more extroverted, so my energy comes more from others than from quiet introspection. When I need to get pumped up, I tend to go outside and get around more people. Just a positive vibe and buzz in a coffee shop can really lift my spirits. I don't even have to talk to anyone, although a friendly chat with another human always fills up my energy meter. My husband, on the other hand, is more introverted, so he needs time to think and process on his own in order to build up his energy reserves. Thankfully, we learned this lesson early on in our marriage so that we didn't have to spend too many years annoying each other with our opposite approaches. So in this way, editing is like extroversion in that you start with a lot. 
Yes, you might feel slightly overwhelmed at first, but you don't want to miss out on anything. You want to see it all and have all of your options available to you. The KonMari method, where you gather all of your items in a light category, is great for editors. This way you get to see everything you have in each room or for each use, and it's easier for you to selectively edit out the things that are not needed. Once you see how much you have, you can select out your favorites and you can let go of the things that are duplicates or that feel like an abundance or an excess. That works for editors and extroverts. On the opposite side of the spectrum, you have curating. Now, this is like introversion in that it is a way more deliberate approach. There is quiet introspection and there is time spent thinking about what is really desired in life. Curating starts with a blank slate and then only adds back in what is necessary. So the packing party idea from The Minimalists works really well with this concept. With this approach, you pack up all the items in each room and you leave them boxed up until you need them. Then after a certain period of time, usually three to six months, you can donate the items that are still boxed up because you didn't really need them to function in your everyday life. Now that you have a better idea of what it means to edit and curate, let's look at some categories of things in your home and life and how each approach differs. First, let's look at the things you own. We talked about this a bit already, but I think it is worth repeating because this is one of the most common areas people tend to edit or curate incorrectly. If you've struggled to declutter in the past, perhaps you should try the opposite approach in one room just to see if it gets easier. Sometimes we just need a different solution to the same problem in order to make headway. So to edit your belongings, let's try decluttering without making a bigger mess. The chances are that you already have a lot of your stuff out and it's getting to be too much. So take a garbage bag to throw away anything that is in fact trash or items that are beyond repair or things that are no longer usable. Please remember to recycle anything that can be disposed of responsibly. And then take a box or another bag, but I find that boxes tend to work best, and put in any item that you would like to donate or edit out of your home. This is the typical decluttering process, but this way skips those piles and makes it easier to make progress quickly. You should be able to see a positive change in less than 15 minutes with this approach. The downside is that it will probably take several passes to get the room to look like the vision in your head, but it will get easier with each editing session. To curate your belongings, you would try to start with as much of a clean slate as possible. So if you're crunched for time, this works best when you start in one room or one area. You can even start in just one drawer. With this approach, you will empty everything out and only return the items that are truly necessary to achieve your goal. This removes that just-in-case kind of clutter, but it still allows you to keep the items that you enjoy as they bring value to your life and space. If you happen to be in a position where you are moving, Curating can be a really good approach to take in your new home. So you'll edit down as you pack up, and then you'll curate when you get to your new home. So keep the items in boxes until you actually need them, and then reevaluate anything that's left in those boxes after a few weeks or a month or two. The downside to curating is that it can be really time consuming. It can be difficult to clear out all of your items, especially if you have children at home, but Remember, it doesn't all have to be done at one time. It can be done very methodically, room by room, drawer by drawer, shelf by shelf. We will be right back. And now, back to the show. All right. 
Next, let's look at editing or curating your commitments. Most of us tend to take on a lot of recurring tasks in our lives. We start something one time and then it just ends up becoming part of our routine or staying on our calendar without us giving it much thought or examination. And we really need to look back at these things. Maybe you've become the expected room parent at school, or you head up a bake sale every year in your community, or you run an online forum because you've been doing it for years. The point is that you are in charge of your life and you get to decide what actually contributes to the kind of life you want to be living. I'm not saying you need to give up any commitments. I mean, especially if they're bringing you joy, by all means, keep them in your life. But it is a good idea to evaluate whether you want to continue them every now and again. Just take a look at them and examine them. So let's look at how we would evaluate these things with an editing or a curating eye. To edit your commitments, go ahead and gather your calendar and look at all the things you have committed to do over the next few months. Decide whether you want to do these things and if they add to your happiness. If they do, great. Move forward with gusto. But if you decide that they are not adding joy and value to your life, start working to exit out of them. Don't just walk away, you know, but see if you can find someone else to take over. If so, feel free to pass on that baton. If not, complete the current commitment and make sure to pass gracefully when it comes time to re-up. For instance, finish out this year as room parent and make sure to say no to next year. Or with school starting in the next few weeks, maybe you should decide to say no now if it causes you too much stress so that when it comes up, you know like, okay, that didn't really work for me last year. I need to say no. How can I gracefully do that? Is there another way I can volunteer in the classroom that doesn't make me the room parent or something like that? So to curate your commitments, so that was editing. Now let's look at curating. So if you want to curate your commitments, you're going to start with a blank slate. Again, that's really where we start. We start at point zero and then add back. So maybe you say no to anything new for a few months and then you slowly add things back in that you really want to do. The point is that you get to decide what and who fills up your social calendar. Put yourself in the driver's seat and be selective. Next, we're going to talk about editing or curating your child's commitments. Okay, so maybe your social calendar is not the problem. Maybe it's taken a backseat to your kids and their never-ending cycle of sports, lessons, play dates, and extracurriculars. To edit your child's activities, I recommend you ask your child what their least favorite activity is. Perhaps you can delete that activity from your calendars if it's one that neither you nor your child are really excited about, and then you are free to, you know, you can free up that time. To curate your child's activities, I recommend asking your child what their favorite activity is, and then just signing up for that one activity for one season. And then see if slowing down and doing less makes your family happier, and then adjust going forward. Again, None of this stuff has to be permanent. It's all an experiment in life to make sure that we're actually finding the things that make us and our children and our families the happiest. Okay, so fourth, I want you to edit or curate your hobbies. Now, this one is a struggle for a lot of my readers and listeners, and I totally get it. I'm super creative too, so it can be really hard to whittle these down. To be honest, I've tried several different hobbies in my life, but I've been sure to cut loose the ones that don't stick, and I try to commit more to the ones that do. 
So to edit your hobbies, I want you to choose one to eliminate. Remember, it doesn't have to be forever. So if you're not sure, go ahead and keep the items that you need to actually do that hobby. I'm talking things like quilting supplies or leather jewelry making or canning. Go ahead and pack away those supplies while you decide if this is a hobby that you want to continue doing or if you really are ready to cut it out. So then I want you to cut that hobby out for a while. Pick a few months, you know, or just a few weeks. I don't know how often you do your hobbies. So it's going to be very personal for the amount of time that you need to cut it out to see if it's actually making you happy or not. But then in a few months, go ahead and check back in and see if you are happier or if you missed it. If you're happier, well, that's your green light to go ahead and let that hobby go. And then you can also declutter all of those things that are associated with it. If you've missed it, well, then you know that you need to welcome that hobby back into your life and then go ahead and try eliminating a different one. On the flip side, the curating approach would be to eliminate all but one or two hobbies. Go ahead and deep dive into those and then see if you miss the others. Adjust as necessary, but give yourself some time to evaluate. Don't just go all in one week and then change it up the next. Try it for at least one quarter or half the year to really adjust and see how this all plays out and how you feel. The next area we can look at editing or curating are the holidays. So depending on when you're listening to this episode, the holidays may seem like a long way off. The funny thing is, they have a way of sneaking up on us, and while the holiday season is a wonderful time of year, it's also one of the most stressful, at least for all the moms I know. It seems like the standard expectation and obligation is to get family photos taken, send holiday cards to any person you've ever met, buy gifts for each family member, keep up on the family traditions, do things for the teachers, and make it all magical for the kids. It's no wonder that so many families go into debt and feel stressed out at this time of year. But what if you did things just a little bit differently? Perhaps you can edit the holidays by cutting out one tradition that doesn't contribute to your family's happiness. Maybe you can edit down your gift list and do a secret Santa exchange with your family instead. Perhaps you can edit out the things coming into your home this holiday season and do experience gifts instead of physical items. The curating approach would be to ask your family what traditions they want to keep and skip the ones that don't make the list. Or maybe you can implement the four gift idea for your children and get them one thing they want, one thing they need, one place to go, and one thing to read. That way you have a framework for gifts to give, but can curate for things and experiences that are more meaningful. And finally, I want to talk about editing or curating your vision for the future. Now, this is not about limiting your potential. It's quite the opposite, really. I promise. I want you to dream big. I want you to make crazy goals. And I want you to live the most vibrant life that you can imagine. But that does not come easily. And it is not possible when you are spread too thin. Remember, you can do anything you want. But you can't do everything. That's why it's so important to understand what you really want out of life. So spend some time thinking about the life that you want to live. What do you want life to look like next year, in five years, in 10 years? When do you hope to retire? Where do you want to live? What does a vibrant life mean for you? What's an ideal day like? What's your home like? 
These are deeply personal questions that only you can answer for yourself and for your family. It's hard to shake what society says that you should want and the things you need to be happy, but your definition may be different. That's okay. In fact, it's great. If you know what you really want out of life, it is much, much easier to get it. To edit your vision of the future, figure out some of the things that are not leading to the ultimate life that you want to be living and then cut them out. This will give you more room for the things that will get you closer to your goals faster. Maybe you cut out mindlessly scrolling social media and you fill the time with reading a book instead. Or perhaps you cut out your habit of grabbing dinner on the way home and prepare a crockpot meal in the morning so that you can save money for your future. To curate your vision of the future, I want you to go back to that blank slate one more time. If you could start over or start from scratch, what would you do or focus on? Then look at your daily and weekly habits and keep the ones that drive you and your family toward that curated vision of your future. Remember, you are in the driver's seat of your life. You can make the difference between actually reaching your goals and just daydreaming about them. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it is definitely worth it. I hope you liked today's episode, and if you want to continue the conversation, I invite you to come on over and share in the Wannabe Minimalist Family Community on Facebook. The group is completely free. It's wonderful to meet other like-minded people and ask questions of others who have been there before or find others that are in a similar place on their journeys. Come on over, introduce yourself, share your thoughts, and let us know if there is something that we can help you with. I'd love to know what you think about this idea of editing and curating your belongings, your commitments, and your habits. Are you more of an editor or a curator? If you're on board, let me know what you're planning to edit or curate first. You can mention it in the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group, or you can tag me on Instagram, I'm little.green.bow, or you can use the hashtag wannabeminimalistfamily. I'm excited to hear from you and offer encouragement on your journey toward less stuff, more happiness, and a vibrant life that you and your family deserve. And don't forget, if you would like to get your free copy of the Vibrant Home and Life Starter Guide, you can grab it in all of the show notes for today's episode at littlegreenbow.com slash 63. Once again, you can get the show notes for today on my website at littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 63. That just about wraps it up for today's episode, but before I go, I do want to take a minute to thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate that you choose to spend some of your time with me, and I hope that the information I provide is helpful and inspiring and encourages you on your journey. And if you enjoyed today's episode and have not done so already, please be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. And also leave a review so more people can find us and discover the benefits of a minimalist lifestyle for themselves and their families. With summer winding down and school starting back up next week, I will be able to get back into my weekly posting schedule again, and I am excited to have more guest episodes as well. If you have anyone you'd like me to feature as a guest on this show, reach out and let me know. You can tag me on social media, or you can send me an email at deanna at littlegreenbow.com. I'll spell that out for you just in case. It's D-E-A-N-N-A at L-I-T-T-L-E-G-R-E-E-N-B-O-W dot com. All right, cheers, and I will catch you here next week.